Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, October 6th. S&P futures are trading off about eight points. That is about 25 basis points. The Nasdaq futures are down about 40 points. That is about 35 basis points. The major European indices are trading down about 40 basis points. There is outperformance this morning in autos, banks, aerospace, telecom, and energy. Banks in particular are doing well. They're up about a percent and a half. Uh, most of the major Asian indices ended higher. Mainland China is still closed for a holiday. Um, so there is really no news out since the U.S. closed yesterday. You had German factory orders, which were very strong this morning. You had an RBA um, decision out of Australia, very much in line with expectations. No, uh, Nothing major really to talk about. Trump is back in the White House. Um, not cured of COVID, but he certainly is back in the White House. He still is uh, receiving treatment. You know, the White House, keep in mind, has substantial medical facilities, so he will continue to receive treatment there. Um, he is continuing to be, um, he claims to continue to be in quarantine. Unclear how all this will unfold going forward. Unclear when he will be, um, you know, when he will receive a negative test to show that he is over, fully over this illness. Um you know, I know there has been some talk about how this is now going to kind of revitalize his campaign in the final weeks heading into the election. Um, I really don't think that's going to be the case. I think that he had three major setbacks last week, including the diagnosis, including the debate, as well as that New York Times tax article. You continue to see poll numbers um, are widening out again. So, you know, the race had tightened a little bit. It's now widening out again, according to a variety of different polls out, not just national ones, but also in the key battleground states. So, you know, Biden remains the front runner. He's been the front runner all along throughout the entire campaign. Um, you know, his his the magnitude of his lead and the durability of his lead were not matched by Clinton in 2016. So it's clearly a different race than it was then. Obviously, we still have some time to go. You could see, um, you know, this has been uh, quite the year of unexpected events. So anything can happen. Um, in these final few weeks before November 3rd, but it still is his to lose. Um, and if anything, his front runner shoutouts is only um, gaining in steam. So just to kind of run through some of the big, you know, again, the kind of the big categories of news. So politics just went through everything. Biden is still the front runner. You have the vice presidential debate coming up tomorrow. That could be important. You did see back in 2012, Obama had a very poor first debate versus Romney. Biden um, came in in the vice presidential debate against Paul Ryan and actually did very well. That helped kind of stabilize the Obama campaign uh, back back in 2012. Uh, unclear if that's really going to happen tomorrow. We'll have to see. It's unclear if we're going to get the last two presidential debates between um, uh, Trump and Biden. I, I know the Trump campaign talked about how they still want to go forward with them, but obviously that will uh, you know that will depend on whether or not he receives negative tests by that point in time. Um, you know, there could be virtual debates. I, I think both sides are pushing back on that. So unclear. We we may have seen the final debate between Trump and Biden. We'll have to just kind of see how all this plays out going forward. Um, as far as fiscal stimulus is concerned, you know, I think there are two fiscal stimulus conversations going on right now. There is the pre-election one as Mnuchin and Pelosi continue to, neg to negotiate. You know, again, just to kind of give a quick recap, 
the fis- the pre-election fiscal negotiations appeared all about dead last Thursday. Trump's diagnosis, I think, gave them, um, you know, revitalized them to an extent. So you had a lot of discussions that have been taking place. You had another hour conversation yesterday between Pelosi and Mnuchin. They'll be speaking again today. Um, it does not seem like there's been, a, you know, a ton of real substantive progress, though, on an agreement. And keep in mind, now we're less than 30 days away from the election. That That's one part of the fiscal debate. The more, much more important one has to do with what happens to fiscal policy under a democratic sweep. And that's really what is catalyzing, I think, some of the cyclical outperformance you've seen recently. That's really what's catalyzing the increase in treasury yields over the last couple of days. Those numbers that would involve, that would, um, that would follow a democratic sweep, that is the real kind of real important fiscal uh, conversation going on right now in the market. And that will be dependent again, not just on the White House, but on the Senate. The Senate, you know, the, the House and the White House are, are looking, are, are, are pointing in a very clear direction the Senate is still very much up in the air. Um, you know, Democrats may have a very, very slight edge at the moment, but you know, it's it, it's not um, by any means out, uh, out of question out of the question that McConnell will keep his job and Republicans will stay in the majority in the Senate. And that will really, I think, like I said, dictate kind of what happens in uh, to fiscal policy in 2021. And that is the major question. If all you see is you know, a trillion and a half agreement get reached before the election and you see the Senate stay in Republican hands, I think you're going to see a lot of this kind of um, the recent, you know, pro-cyclical rally that's been occurring with yields moving higher. I think a lot of that will peter out and reverse. So that is the real kind of, again, major political conversation taking place. Uh, On the Fed QE front, you've had a couple of comments from a couple of officials in the last few days talking about how, you know, they really don't see a need to increase the pace of quantitative easing right now. Mester yesterday did make a comment about how the Fed could look to um, increase the average maturity of its portfolio, i.e. suggesting that they would start buying out further on the curve, which would make sense given that you have seen it back up in yields, um, again, given a lot of the fiscal optimism. Um, Powell will be speaking uh, in a couple of hours. We could get some more insight on, on the Fed QE plans. I think more important will be the Fed minutes that come out tomorrow. Um, again, this the quantitative easing is the last area of uncertainty with regards to Fed policy. They're doing they're buying a lot of assets, but they have not been very clear in terms of how long um, those purchases will continue for. If they are tied to the achievement of uh, the an inflation objective, like they have tied rates to, um, so that is kind of the last big area of uncertainty with Fed policy, and we may get some color or insight um, in the next forty eight hours. Uh, nothing all that major on the COVID vaccine front. You know, there's an article in the New York Times just talking about how the White House continues to intervene in the vaccine approval process. So there is this politicization of of the whole vaccine, um, you know, process. Again, I think the big takeaway from that is, you know, you're just going to make people further more skeptical about taking this thing once it it actually hits the market. And you know, again, that's I think that's the big area of concern with vaccines. Not so much will there be one approved. But will um, you know? Will people be lining up to take it once it actually gets available to the general population? And I think all of these articles about how you know the White House is intervening in the FDA and the CDC, um, I think, is going to just um, you know way further on adoption over the coming year. On uh, COVID case and mitigation front, it's it's very much the same story as before. Um, you know, you are seeing cases rise throughout the U.S., throughout Europe. You are seeing politicians act, but Again, they are avoiding the wholesale lockdown steps that we're taking in March and April. Um, and so you are not seeing, you know, again, stocks are not as sensitive as they had been to the daily case updates. 
um, just given that the mitigation actions, again, are not all that dramatic. Um, but for the most part, again, it's been very slow in terms of major incremental news. A lot of what I just said, um, you know, I could have said at four o'clock yesterday. For the calendar today, there is not much other than, again, Powell will be speaking at around 10.45 a.m. Um, you have a couple of earnings, paychecks this morning, Levi's after the close. Um, you know, this whole week for the most part is relatively quiet ahead of earnings, which kick off next week. And I kind of list out some of the big questions in the piece today, just that investors are really looking for answers on. Um, you know, some of those answers could come over the, over the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think the coming days will stay very, very quiet. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. Thank you for listening.